So hi, I'm Alex, and this is Six Seasons in a Podcast, the podcast dedicated to having conversations with writers and crew and cast of the hit comedy community. It's a very special episode this week. My guest is everywhere these days. He's the star of the Darkest Timeline podcast. He's the Arnold to Ken's DeVito. Uh, community fans know him as Jeff Winger. Mr. Joel McHale, welcome to Six Seasons in a Podcast. Thank you. So much clapping. Thank you for all the clapping. Thank you. I feel like I'm at Comic-Con. They're out there. They're out there. They're they're clapping on on their phones. So um, somewhere. Yeah. So uh, thank you. Thank you for highlighting Parks and Rec. (laughs) Yes. Um, I, uh, I thought that I came up with the Arnold and to the Ken's DeVito. I, I hopefully you, you got the, uh, the twins reference there. Um, I'm not kidding when I said this, but with our, uh, with, we had Daniel Day Kim on last night. Uh, we haven't, we haven't, uh, I've not posted it yet, but I made a, uh, twins joke <laughs> on it, ironically. Uh, nice. so you are, uh, you, uh, you're as, uh, that's, uh, that's a good reference. I'm very happy with that reference. Yeah. That's, you yeah. have to make some memes of that. <laughs> um, very good. I, I have a team that will, will get on that. Um, so how are you doing Perfect. in these darkest of timelines? Doing all right? Hanging in there? Uh, never been busier. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a very weird time and I'm not an essential worker. I don't think any actor is. I think we were barely essential when there wasn't a pandemic. But, uh, we, yeah, it's, uh, I've, I've been at home for the most part. I've been going to restaurants to pick up food and grocery stores and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not interesting, but, uh, at all, but, uh, uh, th- that part. But, uh, yeah, it's, I have spent a lot of time on Zoom calls and Ken and I started the podcast. And obviously we had the table read and, uh, it is a frenetic, time now because i have kids and so they're in school we're all together and they're on zoom school i'm on zoom chats all the time so it's a, it's become this relentlessness that again i'm not an essential worker and don't have the virus but it, it's definitely a change of lifestyle uh and uh and my you know my i'm i'm a workaholic ocd adhd person so i can't i have a hummingbird heart shoved in my chest and i can't stop which my wife is very pleased about to have that sort of personality running around all the time (laughs) yes yeah you've been on uh, hosting a ton of things you did the tiger king and i um which uh, yeah rave reviews was that fun doing that uh yeah no i don't know about rave reviews but people (laughs) were mad that i asked people were like how dare you ask his co-workers and acquaintances if he should be in jail and i'm like i don't know that doesn't seem doesn't really even seem very hard hitting or uh it doesn't even seem like a gotcha question in any way but because the guy is in fact in jail and uh so uh yeah i got a lot of hate for that but i don't know i I don't care that seemed like a pretty okay question and half the people like even Saf, who if you follow the thing uh he was like oh no i had a very good time I don't have any regrets about working there. And uh, he got along with Joe great. And then I said, did Joe be in jail? And then staff was like, oh, absolutely. <laughs> so even the people that were like, she's good and fine. But uh, yeah, they were even like, yeah, definitely. 19 felonies is no joke. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, 
How, I mean, how many do you have? Uh, I have zero, thankfully. Yeah. You're still up to zero. Yeah. Still zero. Yeah. All right. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> still at zero. That's cool. Well, let me know when it gets up to 19. Yeah. And then you can ask questions. Yeah. Um, yeah. Reasonable questions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, before we get into background and community, I have two things that I want to talk to you about that I love. And one of them is The Masked Singer. I talked to Ken about it, and I love it. And uh, avid fans will know that you've been on all three seasons. How much fun is that bizarre and addicting show? Well, it's very fun. And uh, it's great. I, you know, I'm, I can be a clown. I can do when, you know, I, I'm in a, you know, a, a lucky position when I go on there because I'm not really having to, uh, guide, you know, keep the boat afloat and keep the story going and really, you know, like try to figure it out. I mean, I'm, I am trying to figure it out, but most of the time I'm just trying to make Ken laugh. That's my, almost my entire goal in life is trying to make Ken Jong laugh. And so we have a great time. They, the first season I tickled him every answer he was giving and they edited around that pretty spectacularly. Yeah. They didn't want that. And, uh, uh, but my, that's my, my entire goal. And so if I, uh, so if I can do that and they'll allow me to do that, I, I, I'll go back every season if they'll have me really fun it's yeah. the most it's the wackiest show i've ever i love it because it's so absurd and uh people i love how people like kind of criticize it for they're like well it's just so weird i've watched every episode <laughs> and uh yep. uh but it's really yeah it's really fun and uh I, I get to ken and i get to go go for it so i i and and you know like the other judges are delightful and i've even gotten to know robin thick who's a mensch and uh so i i really yeah i really it's a nice little family over there yeah he seems wonderful and i i, I pitched ken that th definitely um robin needs to come on darkest timeline yes he's a very good guest and the guy i mean the guy grew up hollywood royalty and uh he's uh it's it, he's got stories uh that you know that people wish they had yeah, I was telling you about my grandfather and just if, if he was basically, if he would have been, instead of the 50s and 60s, a TV show would have been in the 70s, 80s. Uh, it would have been a very similar type of thing where it would have been interesting to see how my parents would have grown up, uh, especially my mom, who was, her dad was, was the actor. It would have been, been right. wild. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Great to hear those. Yep. So the other show that's sweeping America off its feet is the darkest uh, podcast. Dark, dark Jesus, darkest timeline podcast. Wow. I can say that again. I can your lips, to, your lips to God's ears. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's the benefit of being able to edit, uh, edit ever everything. So, uh, uh, do you guys do that on yeah. your podcast? You guys, uh, your guy, come back and edit all the. We try to we, we try to leave almost everything on there. Yeah. There's glitches and stuff and. Once in a while, we'll be like, uh, yeah, that wasn't great. Let's just cut that out. But our podcasts still go two hours. Yeah. Or more. And I don't, I just get no one. People are always trying to put rules on the podcast, but it's, it's the, it's the wide open frontier right now. So, uh, I don't know. Joe Rogan does like three hours a day. So I, <laughs> uh, so I, I don't think there's any rules and, you know, we, Ken and I can never stop talking and 
much to the chagrin of our wives, I think. And, um, and we, yeah, I, I, we're really enjoying it. We started by rolling out, you know, community, uh, actors and, uh, the cast. And then we, then we had Pedro on. So we're going to, we're going to expand obviously beyond the cast or would be a very short <laughs> podcast. Yeah. And, uh, and so we, we plan on doing, and, and mostly I mean, we want to talk about COVID because Ken's a real doctor and getting information out like that. Cause we, we both say that to follow the science is the way to go. And if you follow the science, you'll have, I always think you'll have less anxiety if you have more knowledge and, uh, and, uh, the, the country will only recover faster if you follow what's happening at the science. That's so, so we talk a lot about that and, uh, and it's really helpful for me. Um, yeah. it's, yeah, it, 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 it helped me. I learned a ton from Ken. So I, I, uh, I love it. Yeah. It's very, it's, and it's both Ken and I had you know, all of our stand up dates were canceled and all of our travel was canceled up front for our networks were canceled. And, uh, you know, these are all, Oh, boo hoo. Too bad for you. But it goes back to the ants in my pants and can't stop doing stuff. Is, and that's partially why it happened. Yeah. And, uh, so, so yeah, so here we are. I mean, I think we're on episode 14 now. That's great. Um, so th- my question then is why do you punish yourself to spend so much time with the nicest man on the planet? Cause Ken is pretty, right. pretty amazing. Was, yeah, I hope you asked him the same question. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, we've now known each other since 2009 and, uh, you know, we always really got along well and we had the same with the common language of stand up and, and, uh, you know, obviously tend to work on community is pretty awful. I mean, great. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, we, 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 and when we, we get on our phone call, like we would, we, we passed on phone calls together and, um, we, uh, my, Sarah's always like, oh, my wife, Sarah, you can always tell I'm on the phone with Ken because, uh, she just goes, oh, you're talking to your boyfriend? And I'm like, yep, <laughs> I sure am. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's been such a big, uh, surprise hit to just coming out and, and people are, are loving it. So I think it's, you're doing a service as much as you're just hanging out with your friend. Believe me. Yeah. I can't believe. I mean, we haven't monetized it yet, uh, but I can't believe we get to go. We will, we will. Don't worry. And uh, but uh, but you know, we haven't monetized, and we will eventually. And uh, it's yeah, I'm still kind of going. Like, can't believe entertainment. I can't believe I'm in this business. It's really fun. I I yeah, I still can't. I just thank God. It's uh, crazy. It's great. Thanks for listening. I hope people continue to listen. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. No, I think uh, you, the. The medium of having the video, uh, I think, is a really unique way to do the podcast. I think I'm sure there's you're not the first one, but um, I, you know the most successful one to do that. You know, I jump on the uh, the premiere a couple times and see you know there's you know literally thousands of people in the chat you know watching live when you first release it. So it's a great way to uh, engage with the fans. Yeah. I, I think the visual is better. So calibration questions out of the way. Um, let's talk about your uh, influences. I'd love to know, like, what were the shows that you grew up with? I like knowing, you know, those influences because it 
goes into your creative process and, and your acting? Uh, well, I mean, I loved a ton of different comedy shows, uh, but um, I'm trying to think of the ones I'm like, oh, that's it. Uh, you know, I watched a lot of Monty Python, hmm. and I loved how ridiculous it was and how absurd it was, and that it just always felt like, oh, John Cleese looks like my dad. <laughs> and, I mean, my dad can be a real goofball, and he's very funny. Uh, and at the same time, though, like, you know, John Cleese was an absurdist. So, but then, uh, and all those guys, I mean, they just, I was like, oh, so there's a part of, there's a way to live that's not, like, I, do I have to get a job? Like, it just seemed like these guys were having a good time and doing the thing they were wanting to do. And I was like, oh, that seems like great. Uh, and... So, I, I, yeah, I, know, I watched a lot of Sanford and Son. Mm -hmm. I thought, uh, uh, I thought, I just thought that was so funny. And, uh, uh, I, I, I just, it's, I, I still, to this day, it's funny to watch the jokes. Some of them are really corny, and you're like, oh, that's 1974. And then others are just like, holy crap, you could never tell that joke now. Mm. And, uh, it's really funny. I watched a lot of Flipper. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why. I watched a lot of uh, like Chips and Fantasy Island. Uh, and I watched, uh, I'm trying to think of, I don't know, uh, Manimal, mm -hmm. Auto Man. I watched, a, and then like later on, I mean, that's when I was a kid, I watched, those are like all the kid ones. I'm trying to get more kid stuff. I mean, even like Sesame Street had wonderful absurdity to it. And I always like that. And I just didn't ever want that to be any different. And then, um, I was a big Star Trek fan, big Twilight Zone fan. Uh, but then as I got into kind of high school, the mystery science theater was gigantic. Yeah. And, uh, I loved that show. That show was like a Bible every week. And, um, uh, and then Star Trek Next Generation was syndicated and also it had new episodes. And I rearranged my entire, my entire senior schedule around reruns of The Next Generation. Uh, and I just adored that show so deeply. And I got to have dinner a couple times with Patrick Stewart and his wife, and I was I hardly contain myself. Um, and Boy, what else? Uh, those shows are really yeah. important. And then, you know, Cheers, Family Ties. Uh, those were big shows in my life. And uh, I watched a lot of St. Elsewhere. Um, boy, I'm sure a few others will pop in my brain uh, with, with, uh, with what they'll be. I mean, Faulty Towers going back again. Mm. Yeah, so there was... Yeah, there was... Yeah, different world I watched, of course, like the Cosby show, yeah. which has a very dubious distinction now, <laughs> uh, different strokes as a kid. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, they're kind of all the greatest, you know, yeah, all the great. kind of obvious ones, but I, I think Monty Python set myself in, in a direction where I was like, that eh, seems like, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I want to do. Mm. And, uh, 
And then I got to second grade in Haddonfield, New Jersey, right outside of Philadelphia. Nice. Next to Cherry Hill. And uh, I was in a show called uh, It's a Small World, which was a, a play adapted from a Disney ride before Pirates of the Caribbean ever dreamt of anything. And uh, uh, so, yeah, so it was, yeah, so those are the kind of, yeah, so I did that, and my parents said, well, there's a different style version of Joel that we didn't know about. Hmm. And um, I always just loved being on stage. And uh, and I I really started going, like, really going, like, I, 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 when I got to, boy, I did a couple of plays, and I didn't get into choir because I couldn't sing high enough. But... Uh, it was like the Mercer Island Children's Choir, where I grew up in Mercer Island, Washington. Um, but started doing plays, and then uh, I met this guy named Dominic DeLeo, and another guy named Ethan Sandler, who I'm still friends with, and then eventually a guy named John Atkins, who I knew from Catholic school. I met Nick in Catholic school as well. And, uh, and we all had the same interest, and we all kind of banded together like Steve and said, this is what we're going to do. And we don't care what anyone else said. And, uh, we, we did plays and that's, we really pursued it together. And I kind of followed those guys because they had already been in it. And they just kind of taught me I'm not to be an idiot, <laughs> which was a hard task for them. And, uh, so it, they really did. They really, I mean, they really were kind of like mature beyond their years and knew what they wanted. And we all kind of, I mean, this was by like, this was like seventh and eighth grade. We kind of were like, this is what we want to do. Hmm. And we were theater nerds, but we also were all, the only thing I was good at was theater and sports. And I was terrible at school because of dyslexia and attention issues. And uh, so I just went whole hog into those things. And my friends, by senior, junior, senior year, we were putting on plays. Uh, Ethan was directing them. Uh, Nick was writing them. And uh, so it was, and then Nick eventually became Mankini on the suit uh, for 12 years. Wow. And, uh, and Ethan is down here. He's a writer. He's down here. He's in LA. And he, his, uh, his kids and my kids go to the same school or they just did because my kid's graduating. Um, so Nick just moved back to Seattle. John's in Seattle. John didn't go into acting, but he, um, he had a couple of pretty successful bands, uh, in Seattle and, and opened up for modest mouse for years. Uh, and he was just a tremendous guy and athlete or uh, a tremendous guy and, and musician. And, uh, so yeah, so that's, that's a thumbnail sketch of the young artist. Yeah, that's great. Uh, when did you decide to move to LA? You got your MFA at uh, University of Washington, mm-hmm. and then that's when. Yeah, I uh, got out. I was on a television show in Seattle called Almost Live, which at one point was syndicated nationally on Comedy Central the early days of Comedy Central. And it was this, because Seattle was at that point, like the cultural center of America. 
anything coming out of Seattle was considered cool. So they, they aired this show. Um, I ironically came in after they kind of stopped it, but the show was still this mega hit in Seattle because it was on the NBC affiliate and they pushed SNL to 1205. And uh, that just sent the rating through the roof and it worked for years. And people like Bill Nye, the science guy came out of there. Um, It was really great for me because I was able to fuck up for a number of years on that show. And it was great. Um, they, they still, I am still in contact with many of them to this day. And, uh, I, I look back at them with such affection because they took such good care of me, uh, as a young, as like a 22 year old on a foundation show with a bunch of people in their mid thirties and almost 40. And, uh, you know, they could have just roasted me alive. Mm. Instead, they really took care of me. That's right. Yeah, and so, uh, but I knew in my brain, I was like, I can't do this. I don't think this is going to work forever. I can't just be in Seattle doing sketch comedy. I need to try. I need to go to Los Angeles and see if I can do it. Hmm. And so I went to graduate school to, sh- to get try to get good at acting. And uh, that was three years. And then in 2000, it was in New York or... uh LA and strangely, you know, I did, I do think you do these things called showcases where, uh, you do a little performance, your little class does a performance and, uh, and you kind of like, come on out agents, come see us. Sure. And, uh, and you, we, I got no one in LA got a response and like hardly anybody came. It was so sad so lame and then we went to new york and there was agents everywhere and they were very complimentary and all of a sudden i had these offers from agents from new york and then i had this like oh man do i go to new york and then i said ultimately no i'm just gonna go to la because i want to be in film and television now and uh that's how it went so i dragged my poor wife and uh to la and that was in 2000 when you were, how old were you in 2015? I was 20. 20, right. Okay. Yep. yep. So, Crazy. So yeah. that's how we got down here. And we put a big deposit on a, like, the, the, the rents were so expensive. We couldn't believe it. And, uh, yeah, so that was then. And then I had no job, no agent. Couldn't get an agent. I still didn't have an agent when I got the soup. Really? And, uh, and I, yeah. Huh. Uh, I'm, so I, I got the suit because this woman named Annie Roberts at E, who's a great woman. I'm still there casting. She's so great. Uh, she, she, and she would see people that were booked. I could book a commercial. I got a commercial agent. I was booking commercials and she kept having me in for E stuff. And then the audition for what became the new suit came up. And it took like six months, uh, and I still didn't have an agent. Like that was a six month process just to get that job. But I still, again, had no agent. I, in fact, I got an agent at one point at this good small agency. Everyone talks about how good it was. And they dropped me after six months and said I wasn't a big enough star to be at their agency. 
And when I get uh, famous enough, then they, then I can come back. Sure. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you can you can tell how that went. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So then I got the soup, and it kind of just barely started doing okay enough to stay on the air because it was the cheapest show on television. Mm. And uh, then all the agents started coming, and I was like, "Oh, where were you guys?" Are you guys before this? Yeah. And yeah, they have no excuse. Some of them can be really great, but some of them have no imagination. Uh, and so then I went to a lunch at this steak and lobster place because they, this one agency kind of handled my deal and they still, they, someone had to, someone had to write the deal mm-hmm. and they helped me out, but they were, co- and they were collecting commission. And I still technically wasn't with them. They weren't sending me out on audition. And uh, so then at this this lobster place, I was like, what's the biggest lobster you have? Because I was giving them money. And, uh, and they're like, we have an eight-pounder. I was like, I'll take it. And the guy was like, it's $500. I'm like, well, that's about what I'm paying these guys a week. So that makes sense. Then you started doing uh, TV pilots. Yeah, because I knew, because I took the soup. I went after that. because. Uh, Greg Kinnear, you know, he <laughs> started Greg Kinnear. Huh? Yeah, he started doing pilots. I mean, not pilots. You got to talk soup, and then he obviously turned into a movie star. Yeah. But I thought if I can just win the, a popularity contest to get me into the door to do this stuff, then I can book some of these roles. Mm-hmm. And that plan worked, and I booked the IT crowd. Yeah, and with the great Richard Iowati, yeah. and uh. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, that, that show, it was picked up and canceled before it ever reached the air because there was a switch of presidents at NBC and that guy just canceled everything the previous president had picked up. So that I was pissed at that guy, but then that guy's the one that greenlit community. Yeah. Uh, so I'm like, now I love him. <laughs> uh, uh, we, that, uh, the IT crowd came at the same time. That Big Bang Theory did. <laughs> mm. So, talk about uh, separate uh, fates. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, um, that's how that all. That's how all that went down. And I did a, a pilot called Giants of Radio, which I loved. Do you remember anything about that pilot? Yeah, it was really smart. I really liked. Bill Hendry was in it. Danny was in it, mm. as you know. Yeah. And uh, uh, and it. Yeah, no, it, I, I don't know where it ever exists, uh, but it was a really good way to make a pilot, which was we were improvising, but we knew what had to happen in the scene. So it wasn't just freeform improvising, like, who knows where this is all going? It was, this is what your character does, this is what they want, and this is what has to happen by the end. So that was really smart. And so Jason really trusted us, and uh, it... Uh, it was great. It was just fucking great. It was really fun, and, and I played a dick. What a surprise. And But then the IT crowd got picked up. I mean, this is how these things... It's a fucking shit show. Uh, because you're like, oh, you got these two pilots. Look at you. And then two months later, nothing. You know, it's like, oh, you have two pilots. They're supposed to both be great. And then and then you're like, yeah. that One one of them didn't, I was told, didn't happen because I wasn't available. But that was I can't imagine that was entirely the case because I wasn't the lead. But uh, but then, you know, IT crowd goes away, and then I'm back to like, well, let's try again next year. 
and next the next year I got no pilot. Mm. Uh, but thankfully I got to do the movie The Informant, so that was great. Very good. And uh, and the next year I think was uh, the old uh, Community. Yeah, Crazy. yeah, that's amazing. Um, really, uh, I love the trajectory. It's you know you're you're working at it. It's making you have to be hungry for it. But um, you know you found success and um, you, you know you did it by your own grit. So that's really cool. Um, how how did that those yeah. roles? How did that process then prepare you for Community? Well, you know, Community was one of many pilots that I was reading that year. Yeah, okay. But community, I mean, because I got to this point where I was in contention for different stuff. Yeah. So that was, like, it was like, oh, cool. I'm now, I'm now, I got to this point where I'm like, I got to the point of, okay, I'm in the right rooms considered for the roles that I want. And it used to be just like, uh, you can come in and read for this one, for this pilot, but it's just one line. And, uh, it, there's not, it's not even reoccurring. That was, that was before the soup. And then, um, I got to a point where I was reading pilots and they were like, consider this role. I'm like, wow, I can't believe this is me. And, uh, and then community came on. It was like, it was written on paper that was brighter and cleaner and better and a heavier stock and, <laughs> I was just like, this is a little piece of magic and I'll kill myself to get into it. Yeah. And, uh, so I said, I, they were like, would you read for it? I'm like, I'll do whatever you want. And, uh, so I, I read for Joe and, uh, Anthony. And then of course the creator, Dan Harmon, who took me under his wing and, and, uh, he championed me and it, that's, yeah, it was a long process. And, and I read to the network, big, you do these big network tests, which for those of you listening out there, they're the worst thing you've ever done. It's like a double nasal swab for <laughs> 10 minutes. Uh, and so I didn't get the role. They were like, yeah, no, he's a little, we don't know. And then they put me on tape, I sent the tape to them. They're like, okay, he can have it. And I'm like, geez, Louise, that was nerve wracking. Oh, wow. And, uh, so uh, that's how that went, <laughs> and uh, and we I got it, and and then I was so happy, and I was still somewhat naive, because I was like, this thing is, I was like, this thing is really good, and I know it's going to get picked up, mm-hmm. and I know it's going to be. I was, I had this confidence about it. I'm just like, I know it's good, and so I, I believe in it. And we made the pilot. We knew it was good, and uh, you know. Uh, we got this cast together that was somewhat talented to say the least. You know, yeah. To say the least. So we, uh, yeah, I mean, it was like, this, yeah. And, and everyone really, you know, the core group of us just loved each other and we still do. And we, as you know, you could, you could see from the table read the, how much, you know, history there is and how much we enjoy each other. And that's just, I just, I just look at it. I, I, even when I was making it, I was like, this is a special thing. And it's really cool. Very lucky. Is there anything you tell yourself? Um, I'm in this nostalgic place of, you know, like I said, turning 40, a place of reflection. Is there anything you tell yourself, you know, about what you prepare yourself for? Like you go back and say, uh, Joel, chill out a little more or 
I was, I can honestly say I was never one to go fuck it and uh, to go, uh, to go. The hours are really long. The hours were long, but I was never, I swear. I, I always was like, the hours are the hours. They are what they are. That's what this show is. And we, I didn't ever tell people to not complain. Not that there was a ton of it, but, uh, uh, there, I, and, and, you know, like the, and I, so there was that. So I was always like, these scripts are amazing. They're perfect. And I was like, we should be thanking God for what these are because they're perfect little Christmas presents. And, uh, you know, I, I would like going to Comic-Con and people like, Oh, you going to Comic-Con? I heard people talk that way. It really wasn't the community cast that way, but you know, I was like, enjoy those moments when 10,000 people are really happy to see you for the show that you're on, that you're a part of. And, and, uh, that stuff was pretty surreal. And to this day, I'm like, wow, that's all that shit happened. Hmm. Crazy. Yeah. And, uh, so I, yeah. Uh, so I, yeah. So I, I, do I have regrets? Boy, uh, uh, when I watch myself on the show, I'm constantly like, "Good <laughs> boy, that's the." Yeah, but some some of that is the edit, and you know they're they're choosing an edit that you know may not have been complimentary to you, but it was to someone else. So blame it on the editor. No, I know, and I'm <laughs> particularly hard on myself, and it's hard to watch myself because yeah. I watch everybody in the cast. I'm like, "Wow, those people are geniuses." Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so uh, that's no, I. Yeah, but that's my own idiosyncrasy, uh, neurosis. Um, we're moving into some uh, community questions uh, th- this area now. I've, I've kind of gotten up to you being on the show, so we're going to dive into uh, some specific stuff. But I have one one episode in particular that I want to talk about, uh, G.I. Jeff. It's the G.I. Joe episode. Um, people, th- I've found that people don't get it. There's a lot of people, especially the younger group, of fans that are coming up now, they don't get it. Did you grow up with yeah. G.I. Joe's? Did you oh yeah, it? yeah, oh yeah, okay, oh yeah. Oh, what do they what do they say about not getting it? Yeah, no, I think it's I think a part of it is like that the commercial part of it. Um, they don't get like why it's really funny that they're not killing each other, and then the fact that you're killing them is yeah. It I think it's just I, I've described it as it's just a cultural or a demographic gap where you know this is really funny. Because nobody died in G.I. Joe, the cartoon. And I guess, I guess, yeah, that show, I guess then if, if they don't have that cultural language about it, then I guess that it, it would be a little bit lost. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. Just appreciate for what it is. Cause that tag is crazy at the end. <laughs> yes. Uh, and they're like, I don't get this one. What is this all? What, what is it? What are they saying? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's just that they uh, it's not as appreciated. Like it's in my top, uh, I think it's in my top ten um, because I just I, I grew up with it. It's I had the GI Joe aircraft carrier. My family, my three brothers, nice. So we had that man. So I could tell you like how much of a Joe family we were, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah. so yeah. So I think it's just if you didn't grow up with it. Um, it's may it may miss you, but I don't know. I think it's a it's a shame because it's a, a such a funny episode. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously there's references in community that go above people's heads. Yeah, but I always like don't worry about it. There's what there's a joke coming that will be particularly for you, and uh, I'm always like there's so many jokes that are flying that it 
that it, um, I was just kind of go like, if you don't get it, don't worry. You're in about two seconds. There's going to be a joke you're going to love. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. So I, yeah, I didn't think of that. I loved it. Um, of course, cause it, 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 it hit me square between the eyes as far as my understanding. Cause I had GI Joe stuff and all that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I figured, okay. and it's uh, it's what don't you turn forty in the episode? I think, and um, yeah, so yeah, I, I, like I said, it's it, that's the one I wanted to talk about. Um, I have other bunch of other community questions. It's going to save you some time on Darkest Timeline. I think you can just you know like cut and paste yeah. some of these and go. Hey, here you go. <laughs> Listen to this. Here's my answers, uh, um, so that uh, you guys don't have to constantly do the community questions. Um, well, you know, we don't, we hardly ever get to a single community question. So, uh, <laughs> shows you how bad we are like, we can't even, we can't even get to the actual community questions. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, here, here we go. Here's some, um, well, first of all, on a scale of one to 10, how excited are you to make the movie? <laughs> on a scale of one to 10, um, <laughs> I'm how I'm excited. I, I would be very excited to make the movie. Okay. I, at no point am I like laissez faire, like, well, you know, whatever. <laughs> I've always been very sort of like, uh, it's probably not going to happen because, uh, you know, there's certain Donald's become the busiest person on the planet. And, uh, and you know, like everyone is busy doing their own thing. Um, pretty much without exception. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, we, uh, after that table reading, people went around just like, you, would you guys do a movie? And, you know, Donald said he would and, and Allison said she would. And so, you know, it's really cool. If that really happens, it will be, uh, it'll be, uh, I'll be off. It'll be a 30 in the scale of one. Yeah. I would love, yeah. I love hanging. I mean, just to hang out with those people again uh, in a meaningful way would be a dream come true. I love it. So yes, uh, a full 10 on that one there. Uh, so you haven't talked to Dan about if he started writing the, the movie yet. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll, yeah skip Dan, I'll, I'll see if he does a, uh, a read, you know, he can, he can do a punch up. Yeah. Um, so I imagine Dan's not going to need any, uh, ideas for the movie, but, uh, you know, where do you see Jeff Winger now? Oh, I have no clue. Yeah. As I said, uh, during the, Table read. Uh, he probably is filming that television show with Pete David, uh, uh, wingman, and what's yeah. his name. So, uh, yeah, probably that. That's how I like. That's how I like to fantasize. It. Yeah. That, yeah, that would be it. He's now he's decided to turn to acting. Nice, I like it. Um, you know, where do you stand yeah. on the Annie and Jeff thing, or versus Britta and Jeff? Are you uh, have a little bit of? A- I don't know. Uh, boy, you know. Um, uh, Jim Lash literally lived in our guest house uh, here, or like a little guest apartment we have at our house. He lived there for almost nine months. So, you know, for community fans, for them, it would be like, uh, okay, true. Jeff, Jeff ended up with the dean. <laughs> okay, there you go. You almost did. You almost quarantine with him. I mean, that was a question. That uh, what uh, what do you think the the re- relationship status would be of the dean and Jeff if they had to quarantine together? <laughs> Well, as uh, Rat Jim said, that he would quarantine at the school. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm sure we'd all end up quarantining at the school somehow yeah. in the greatest bottle episode of all time. Yeah. Megan, that was pretty that funny. How 
that was a thing that was running around when the pandemic, when it started really taking hold, it was like, we're doing a bottle episode. And I was like, yep, that's pretty funny. Pretty good. I didn't come up with that, but pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so you got to be around so many awesome people for six seasons. Do you have a favorite guest star you got to share the screen with? Well, I will say, I mean, I got to meet like, like Malcolm McDowell and, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, uh, Jonathan Banks was amazing. I mean, Padgett came in, Keith David came in and they could not have been better. Yep. Uh, I mean, fucking a, uh, but as far as like guest stars, Mitch Hurwitz made me laugh harder than I've ever laughed. I could not be in scenes with him because I was laughing so hard. Hmm. Uh, I, and I never break. I'm always very sort of, ne- I, for whatever reason, I, that's never my problem. And I kept breaking to the point where I had to keep turning away from the scene because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> and that never happens to me. I'm usually very steady. And uh, boy, having Nathan Fillion on, I mean, Seth Green, Jack Black. I mean, I, I can't. Yeah. I mean, I, we're so very lucky to have that. I mean, Nick Kroll was amazing. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I you know, it's one of those things where I, I, there were so many cool moments that I go, I cannot believe this is my career. And um, it's so wonderful. I'm so blessed. I'm so lucky. And, so yeah, I mean those those ones kind of pop into my brain, but yeah. I mean in that same scene with Mitch Mitch Hurwitz was Tim and Eric. Yeah. So and then I got to do a movie with Tim with Robin Williams. So I mean I I don't know how I don't know why or how I got so lucky, but I'm I'm I'll I'll be I'm I'll take it because uh, it was it, yeah it was really really a special wonderful time. Uh, I'll never you know I'll always be. Yeah, I always, yeah, I, 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 it was hard for me to look back, not hard for me to look back on. I just didn't really look back on it for a long time. Not really, like, real examination until just a few, you know, just before the table read. And I was like, oh, right, this thing is, uh, right, I think also when the, uh, Netflix thing came up, sure. it was, uh, it, that really changed. I was like, oh, this is like a thing. Um, more so than I had thought before. Mm-hmm. And, um, I knew people loved it, but uh, I didn't know that uh, it would. When it was trending on Netflix for a couple of weeks, I was like, "Oh, this is better than I thought." This is, I think, also because we were so used to being uh, told we were constantly about to be canceled that you kind of get that culture and mentality in there. Sure. And that's yeah, that's yeah. You mentioned Malcolm McDowell, um, and I think that's an interesting one because of season four. I think he gets lost mm-hmm. in that season. Um, I, and I think what you're finding, you know, from, from our side of the, of the, the equation that there's more people who are really appreciating season four. Um, I think there's more people who are saying like, it wasn't Dan's heart. He didn't have the harmonization. He didn't have Dan and we wish Dan would have been there for this, but there's so many people who like you guys were acting, you were doing your thing and we love that. It was maybe not fully community in all of its ways, but, um, you know, it's hard to uh, intro to knots is one of my favorite episodes where, you know, uh, it's the Christmas party and, um, Chang, uh, uh, ties up, um, Malcolm McDowell and it's just a really fun episode. Um, so I, I'll just letting you know that season four is growing on, on a lot of people. Uh, that makes me very happy. 
Yeah. yeah, because it was quite kind of a very odd year. And, uh, you know, we lost Dan at the end of that. Donald left. And uh, it was, yeah, it was it was pretty rough. I mean, and when I say rough, it's very, I say that within the, um, the context of the show, I mean, uh, other people have it way more rough, rough in the world than sure. being on a television show where they have catering or being paid. <laughs> but it wasn't, yeah, it, for, for us, it wasn't the same. I'm, believe me, I'm truly thrilled that people appreciate it. And I think the episode that Jim wrote yeah. and directed was amazing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we needed, uh, it's, I'm glad people like it, but I, uh, believe me, but I, uh, but getting Dan back, that's the only way that show could have continued. Yeah, and, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad it, it, it keeps along. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so there you go. I, I'm, he, he didn't say that cryptically at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> were there any guest stars that you wish you would have had on the show? Boy, no, there was, I didn't, I wasn't gunning. I wasn't like, can we please get Affleck? And Damon on the show. <laughs> and uh, I, there wasn't, I didn't, I mean, now that he's, he's passed, having Fred Willard on for an episode was really fun and unique and special. Uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to think. Um, no, there wasn't like a one where I was like, if we can just get Brad Pitt to be on, you can just get, I mean, one of my favorite actors of all time is Samuel L. Jackson, so that would have been great. But, you know, it's one of those things where I don't think there was offers put out because, you know, there, I, there wasn't a, I didn't I didn't provide Dan with a wish list. Yeah. Um, we knew. Because the show. The show never depended on guest stars and it never depended on holidays. And because uh, so many shows do, and they, they the whole thing revolves around can they get a person, and then that's a spectacle. But uh, we knew that the cast could just be with ourselves, and I love that stuff. And um, you know, there's not numerous, uh, you know, not famous guest stars that really get you know just knock it out of the house, like Neil, um, Charlie Coons. He always was. He brought it every time. Super yeah. funny and uh Vicky the woman that played his eventual love interest and yeah I'm trying to think of someone who I was just like oh man that was I mean everyone I mean I enjoyed everybody hmm. I'm not kidding when I say that I I there wasn't like there wasn't a guest star that got on there and I'm like oh what's the big deal I mean I, I there was never <laughs> anything like that sure, uh, sure. the fact that we had Andy Dick as a yeah, recurring uh, as a little train captain <laughs> or train engineer yeah. hallucination is pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's my really vague, long, bad answer. Jeff is known for his winger speeches. Do you have a favorite one? Do you have? Um, I think your first one that you ever do in the pilot is pretty special. I really like whatever reason, and it was very it was mouthful, but it was worth it because it was so funny. Was the one where I'm defending Chang. And, um, I, one with kettle corn and, uh, and it's the one where Kent Chang just says, let him finish when I wasn't even, uh, and, uh, there's a line in there that NBC took out 
that. So when I'm describing, I think I remember the speech because the line was dropped, which pissed me off. Uh, it wasn't a Dan decision. It was an NBC decision where I said, uh, he's Chinese, but he seems Korean. <laughs> and that got cut. And I'm not sure why. I'm sure it was just some overly sensitive censor. This Ken loved it. And uh, and they cut it, uh, but I'm trying to think of you know they blur together because I was doing them so mm-hmm. I was doing them so often and in the best way that I kind of like oh they all kind of blend together. I mean that first speech I was like if I don't nail this speech I lose this I don't get this this show doesn't happen for me someone else gets it and so I knew that speech backwards and forwards and forwards and backwards in nature every time I nailed it. I had to have that speech down. And so like in that that I rarely go, oh yeah, that was a good one. I because I am very uh uh hating. And uh so uh that one I was like, okay, that was a good one. I do still to this day like I look at my look at my hair and makeup on that, uh, on that. I'm like, Oh, they still really hadn't gotten that down <laughs> at that point, but, um, we'll figure it out. That was the pilot. Um, I loved it when I would scream stuff like, uh, we might have a toilet shaped school, but it's our toilet shaped hmm. school. Yeah. Uh, I love that stuff that when that stuff always like made me emotional because hmm. He was defending the thing you love and the thing you love was not perfect, <laughs> which made you not perfect or the person not perfect. And I really enjoyed that sort of thing. I loved fighting for the underdog of Greendale. It just, it made, that's where it made me feel like cheers because the bar was always about to go under. It was always about to get taken over. And, but it was, it was always just like, yeah, it's our fucked up place. And it, it might be fucked up, but it's ours. So we're going to fight for it. And I love that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think Jeff is a sad character, like a tragic hero? Do you think? Probably. Yeah. Uh, you know, cause he's not, he's not, he's not great at self-realization <laughs> and, uh, it's probably stuck in his way of like, he was, you know, he, he probably had a great time in his twenties and thirties. And now it's like, Oh, what is my life? What is this? What do I do here? I mean, who knows? He might be fully evolved in the movie. He might be okay. Yeah. Um, I don't, uh, I, I, I don't, I have no idea how Dan would want to do it, but, um, I know it'll probably be surprising. Do you relate to Jeff in any ways? Well, I relate to Jeff in that, you know, I look a lot like him. Yeah. That's... Uh, people, th- I think my attitude of keep, of keeping an arm's length, that everything is one and being skeptical and being sarcastic. But from there, uh, I mean, everyone goes, Oh, well, he's really insecure. I'm like, yeah, everyone's insecure pretty much except for a couple people. But, uh, yeah, everyone was like, he's so much like you. I'm like, I don't, I'm not a womanizer and I'm not single. And I have, I mean, I have kids and a wife who I've been married to for a long time. And I, uh, I would be, I would be uh, lost in the fucking forest without her. So, uh, uh, so yeah, I mean, there's similar, I mean, there was like, I, I mean, every, I feel like every role is the, if someone's playing the role halfway, okay, that, then that person is that role. And, you know, I, 
I did an Ibsen play called Lady from the Sea back in the 90s in graduate school, and I was in a relationship in this play with this woman who it was not going well. And after every night, I'd be like, oh, this is what it feels like to about to get divorced, and it sucks. Hmm. And uh, so, but that's it. That's still, you know, that experience came up, and that experience was, that is what you were experiencing. And I think that was, at least for me, that was, I was like, oh, I think that was pretty good acting then. Uh, but, uh, it was a ton of fun. I mean, what was so fun about that show is how it was, a, you know, it was regular, it was a school, the community college, but the world just became fantastic and it could go anywhere and anything could happen. And that's why every time it opened up a script, it wasn't just, it wasn't, you know, if you lose a pen at Greendale, it's a big thing. And if you lose a pen on some other shows, it's not. And that's why Greendale, that's why all that stuff was very special because we got to play in such great worlds. So weird and wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I think a lot of people want to know about Ch uh, Chevy and his relationship. Um, listening to the commentary, you two seem to have a really nice rapport. Do you remember meeting him? What was your favorite? Do you have a story that between the two of you? The first time I met Chev uh, ever uh, was he, I said, I walked to him and said, hi, my name's Joel. And then he shook my hand and just smiled at me. <laughs> and I was just looking, I'm like, and I was like, okay, well, nice to meet you, Chevy. And, uh, and that was it. He didn't say anything. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if he thought, I don't know. Uh, and, uh, so, uh, <laughs> uh, but no, we did, we got along as you are well aware. There are many stories about Chevy sure. and, uh, he, um, he, and, and people are like, I hear stuff in the sets and I will always say like, you know, when he was there and he, knew his stuff, he fucking delivered every time. And he was super funny. And he was the Chevy Chase of my childhood and of my, you know, my hero and of Saturday Night Live and of Fletch and Vacation and Modern Problems and Under the Rainbow and uh, Deal of the Century. And every, it was all true. Like, he's charming and all those things. and so fucking funny. He's very good in the moment. Uh, but he hated the hours and he didn't want to be there. And that was tough. And so, uh, I don't think that, I don't think I'm saying anything that is, is out of turn. I mean, he would probably agree. And, um, I, uh, you know, I really did get along with him. I kind of wish he appreciated the moment a little bit better of that. The show is special and it's working and, uh, and it's great. So, uh, yeah, so that's, that's, that's Jeb. Uh, and I, you know, to this day, I, I wish him very well and I hope he's well. You know, I think th there's enough bad stories out there. I wouldn't mind uh, a nice, uh, remembrance of, of a man, uh, that again, I, growing up, I, I love spies like us is like quintessential in my Amazing. mind. Such a funny, funny movie. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, and and I've talked to the, a lot of the writers, and they enjoyed writing, you know, um, lines that were, 
you know, harsh and, you know, that were t- totally pierced. And so you have a character, you know, an actor who's delivering lines that are intentionally um, driven in a certain way. It's just like, it's hard not to picture him in those, in those lines, delivering those lines. And um, so, anyway, yeah, I, I, I think. No, I yeah. mean, I, I will say he had some of the greatest lines of the show. And I think he had one of the most well-drawn characters. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he talk about a fun character to play. I mean, it, it, um, he was fucking hilarious. I mean, it was, I, I found myself laughing very hard at almost everything he did. And, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, remarkable. Um, so, I mean, he is Chevy Chase. I mean, yeah, it's Chevy Chase. And there's no doubt that he, he was the highest paid comedy star of the age. And that was not a fluke. What did you think of Pedro's performance at the February? Oh, God. It, it was, um, I just was crying. It was so funny, um, to just, I've seen that episode so many times. It's again, a, one of my top list, uh, episodes because, uh, I love the, those bottle episode moments where you just, all of you guys around the, the table, um, you're just so brilliant with the, the brilliant scripts that were given. Everyone's anyway, I could m- more praise for you guys, but, um, yeah, it was, just, it was so funny to everyone assumed that he had never read it. That's the way you were approaching it. But even he said, he, I read it. I, you know, I, I knew what was coming right. and I still couldn't get through it. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, it was very cool for him to do that. And yeah, he was just on the podcast and he literally like thought he had tanked it. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, I'm like, was... that is crazy. You're saying that. And, he's, and, and I was like, Oh, you are, I was like, I, I didn't think I could meet someone more neurotic than me, and I did. Huh. Huh. Pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. He is he. Boy, talk about talk about a piece of talent, dear lord. Yeah, and handsome. What is with you guys who are handsome and talented? And, and anyway, we could go on. Yeah, tell yeah. us our tell us the uh, the Ryan Reynolds the bastard. Yeah, <laughs> I'm Chris Evans. Yes, yes. Do you, do you guys think that um, from the table read, you, if, if you guys would do even just like another one of those, like in the Mythic Quest t- style, where it's a quarantine episode, would you guys do something like that? You think? Is that in the realm of possibility? I, look, nothing is out of in the realm of possibility, but I would be surprised. And Mythic Quest is a show that is on, yeah, and is in production, so that it makes perfect sense for them and I think it was incredibly innovative and, and cool what they did. I mean really, I mean that was that's the way to do it right now. I think and uh I wish I had thought of it. But you know, we're none of us are you know, we're not on the show anymore. So I don't know how that would work, how you pay people, how that how that all gets executed. So I'm I'm gonna say probably no. Yeah. Uh but uh but if if you want to give everybody a million dollars a piece we'll do it. And it's only a million a million or nothing. All right. All right, well, we'll Kickstarter that or and money. Yeah, I know that you have Hollywood money, so you have all the yeah. Hollywood money. No, I told you that because my grandfather was in the fifties and sixties. Uh, life uh, was far different than if he would have been in the eighties. I would have that uh, the Robin Thicke money. Um, that w- that would be nice, right. but uh, unfortunately, it was like the baseball players back in the you know the fifties and sixties. It's like they didn't make any money. 
that, that money is no. none of those people, uh, those families are doing well because of, you know, Honus Wagner's, you know, family. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nobody got paid anything. Yeah. So. And, uh, yeah. And it was a terror travesty. I mean, thank God they get paid now. Yep. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Who would have? <laughs> those Gilligan's Island people are the last, they were the last to not get paid and they should be billionaires. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite episode of the show? My, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What show? Jesus, Alex. Um, uh, yeah, I Gilligan thought you meant Gil- Gilligan's yeah. Island. <laughs> well, it's the, no, that the makes sense. yeah, it's the episode of uh, no uh, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons because um, I think yeah. Charlie just nails it with the emotional level. It's hilarious, but it has so much heart, and I think it's classic Harmon. Um, and you guys are all, again, I really love the episodes where you're just all around the table and, you know, the, the one-liners and, um, I love Gillian. Her character is great. I love Britta. I love what Gillian does for the show. Um, uh, and so, yeah, uh, that's, that's my favorite. Nice. All right. Number two. Probably the bottle episode, um, cooperative, uh, calligraphy. Uh, okay. I've okay. yeah, I've interviewed Megan now, and she was just fantastic. And so I've, I, I appreciate the person now, and that that uh, increases the uh, the value to the the art. I think. Oh, absolutely! No, and she's she's just a very special rock star. Yeah, yeah. She's she is the bee's knees. She's she's just yeah, she's amazing. So what's next for Joel? Well, Star Girl just launched, mm-hmm. and um, I know that I'm. A minor character in that, and I just desperate on it, but I really love doing it. And I come back and some flashback shit, and uh, and there's already they're already they're already I know it did well, and and the reviews are pretty good, so I I'm confident that's going to come back. Um, and I would love to be a part of that again. Uh, Becky, the movie is coming out with uh, Kevin James and Lulu Wilson. That's coming out on the fifth next week, so I highly recommend Great. seeing that. It is ultra violent. Um, and wonderfully terrifying, I hope. Hmm. And, uh, what else? Uh, I'm going to shoot card sharks. It looks like this summer. It got, we, we literally shut down the week of the COVID that hit. Uh, and I know that all your, all your fans are wondering when I'm returning to the game show. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, no. And I uh, joke, but, uh, no, I really have fun doing it. Um, thank you, ABC. Um, I will say that I am, I'm very fond of a pilot, I guess you could say. Uh, that I, that I that I have I I know the writers well, and hopefully that happens. Um, boy, what else? Oh, I have this movie called Happily coming out with Carrie Deshay hmm. that I'm very proud of, and Carrie is just a tremendous fucking actor. And wow, what a what an actor! Hmm. Just and a good dynamite person, but uh, really kind of one of the better people. Uh, I've worked with and, uh, boy. Yeah. Oh, the twilight zone's coming out. So watch the twilight zone. Great. Can't wait for uh, that. That's about it. And then, uh, you know, a bunch of zoom calls. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Joel, Joel McHale, thank you so much for being on six seasons in a podcast. Oh, you're welcome. Hey, <laughs> uh, no problem. My, my, uh, my pleasure. Yes. You're welcome. Awesome. Yeah.